Hello and welcome to another episode of the Flat Back Three. My name is Toby Wellington. I am joined by George Villarreal Turner tonight and Alistair Birmingham City Blackwell tonight. Alistair, how is that Birmingham City shirt treating you? Um, it's it's terrible, but I've got this on, so that's the main thing. Yeah, so Alistair's wearing a Villa scarf to try and cover up the Birmingham City badge. But after losing the quiz last week, he's in his Birmingham shirt. A good loser to wear the shirt, I think. So give him some credit there. Gents, let's get straight into it, I think. It's been an incredible week of football. George, our resident Liverpool fan, how are you feeling, mate? Yeah, we had a little chat uh, before the pod. And I'm, I'm just sad this week. This last week, I was optimistic. I kind of summarised the season as a whole. I was like, you know, Champions League final to come, two trophies, second in the league. Um, I think in a few weeks' time, I'll look back on it and my optimism will return. And (laughs) I'll look back on this season, um, you know, with a positive outlook. But at the minute, I'm I'm just a bit sad about last night, to be honest with you. Um, Does it... Does it affect your thoughts on the season right now? Do you think it's a disappointment as a season? Do, I, do, I personally think to win a domestic cup double is very impressive regardless. But how do you feel after last night and think about the season as a whole? Yeah, I think I was thinking about this earlier. I think like Champions League and Premier League trophies aside, this has been the best season I've seen Liverpool play you know, have since I've started supporting and watching Liverpool, which is probably around the like 04, 05 season. So, you know, two domestic trophies and like we were a point behind City plus 90 points and we lost to Real Madrid 1-0 last night. Um, so, you know, we weren't hammered by Real Madrid. We weren't ashamed, you know, we weren't, yeah. We had a really good game against them. So, yeah, I think it's been a, a really good season. Uh, as I say, it's just still a bit still a bit raw at the moment. <laughs> oh, good. Well, we'll tease you about it, I'm sure. Alistair, obviously, Liverpool, you're not a Liverpool fan to heart, but obviously I think we all wanted Liverpool to win the Champions League final. How do you view their season now as like someone who's a bit more of a neutral? Um, do you think they should be disappointed or do you think they should be happy with what they've achieved? I think if, if you look at it at face value, they've had a good season. Um, they've performed well overall, um, like overall. Won two, tro- uh, two trophies, which is great. Um, I, I actually, I've seen a few things, which it, it got me thinking a bit, and I don't know what you guys actually think about it. Um, Liverpool have actually been quite poor in the finals. When you look at it, if you look at the three finals they're in, the, the Premier League you can discount because City were just like they were both great and yeah. they were both worthy of winning it actually you know at the end of the day City were the worthy winners because they got the, the, the more points so that's fair to say um, but you look at the finals Liverpool actually didn't score in one of those finals um, they only won those two trophies domestic ones by penalties um, so I, I'd probably say they they just won. Uh, they didn't step up in the most important moments. Okay, they, they won on penalties on both of those. So they did. But actually in the games themselves, um, it was just a different take on it. Um, but uh, th- that's coming from a neutral and, and someone who supports a team who doesn't win any trophies. But yeah, it's... it's um... Try being a Yeovil fan, mate. <laughs> 
we're a mid-table conference team, so I don't think you've got too much to complain about. Yeah. But yeah, like they, they actually didn't score in any of those three finals, and that's a concern, I'd say, um, especially when you've got the players of like Salah, Mane, Yota, Diaz, yeah. and and you'd like to think um, one of those could turn up, especially when they've done it so frequently throughout the seasons. I think that like when you when you get to cup finals, and like feel free to jump back in as and when, but like when you get to a cup final, if a team decides they're going to sit in and defend against you, like Real Madrid did last night, they're not. It's not going to be easy to break them down. I don't think. I think that Liverpool have done well to win two out of three finals and not score a goal. Like, look at it on a positive side. You can't score in the final, but you make sure you win it regardless. Like, they've been called the mentality monsters this season, which I think is a bit of a hyperbolic nickname to call them the mentality monsters because they won on penalties twice. But they won on penalties twice. Like, you get the job done in the end. Like, Chelsea lost both cup finals. So... You look at it that way, Chelsea didn't score in two cup finals and lost. So, like, you look at it from a different perspective. And actually, it's a massive achievement for Liverpool to have won those two cup finals. Because you look at Chelsea with the defending champions of Europe and the world going into this season. Um, or, like, winning the World Cup partway through this season. So, they're not, they were no pushovers. And then you play a Real Madrid team who have defied the odds all season in, in Europe. Like, they've knocked out three of the favourites and beaten the favourites in the final. Like, they deserve to win it, probably, on the night. Um, let's talk about the game itself. The game unfolded in a really odd way because Liverpool were absolutely in charge for the majority. And then Real Madrid scored a ghost goal um, going into half-time, which I'm sure we'll discuss in a minute. And then... Real Madrid just came out and played like a completely different team in the second half, actually pushed Liverpool and Liverpool conceded that goal, which we'll again touch on and couldn't find the net. Um, Thibaut Courtois, absolutely incredible. Like, I've not seen a goalkeeping performance that good in a long time. Um, and I said to George earlier on, it got to a point, there was 71, 72 minutes on the clock and I genuinely thought Liverpool aren't scoring. I just, could, I just couldn't see it. And it was the same as when City were... 2-0 down against Villa the other week. I said I couldn't see City losing. Last night, swear on my life, 20 minutes ago, I started getting football manager out and playing football manager because I was like, the game's over. Like, Real Madrid will waste time. They'll And, you know, we've said that we can't complain about teams wasting time. It's a tactic. It's fully valid. You know, Militao going down, Courtois going down when he's collected crosses and stuff. They've just managed the game perfectly and they deserved it. So... It was disappointing because I think I wanted Liverpool to win, definitely. And I'm sure that most neutrals, well, I say most neutrals, a lot of neutrals would have been happy that Real Madrid won. Um, but it was not the spectacle we were expecting in terms of final, was it? No, I mean, yeah, Real Madrid have been in some crazy, as you said, like some crazy football matches recently in, in the Champions League. I would um, say, to be fair, I said last night in the build-up, they're two-legged semi-final against Man City is the best two games of football I've ever seen in mm. terms of entertainment. Mm. Yeah. So they've been they've been through the mill this season. Mm. But I, I really enjoyed it as a 1-0. I thought it was still a thoroughly good game of football. I mean, obviously, me being a Liverpool fan, maybe I was... Um, I don't know what you thought, Alistair, but I, I thought it was still a really good game, game to watch. I thought it was... Um, it had its moments, but I wasn't gripped by it if I'm being honest Liverpool had like you know obviously Liverpool had the earlier chances and then they had the chance with Salah I think it was Salah who tried to curl it around and but um later on in the game but 
um, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't gripped by it. And and like you uh-huh. said, Toby, as soon as Real Madrid scored, like they've, and, and the commentators said it, you know, I'm not saying this from my top of my head, like Real Madrid just graft games out, you know, their defence don't look great, but man, mm. they just, like, when Liverpool were on the attack several times, um, I, I was watching hey, and they, they just said, like my mate said to me, like, look, the, Liverpool on the attack, counter-attack, Real Madrid have like seven players. They had five in defence, a solid line, two in front of them. And they were just, they were there ready, like grafting. It was really funny. It was really funny to watch a game at that level where it was literally like, right, we'll leave Vinicius and Benzema up front. Everyone else defend. Yeah. And like Valverde, who I, I love Anastel Valverde. I think he's such an underrated player. People always talk about how like he's really fit, but he's such a good player. And the fact that they made that transition to a five with him coming in at like right back, um, and then Modric and Cruz just didn't move from the middle. Casemiro does what Casemiro does, and I think I think in a way like underestimate them at your peril because like um, I think it might have been Steve McManaman, it might have been someone else last night was saying that that like Real Madrid team are not the most attractive to watch, and they're not the best Real Madrid team ever, but. They, they're full of world-class players. It's not like it's a Real Madrid team like Barcelona now that's made of, like, the island of misfit toys. They are very much one of the best teams in Europe on paper. Um, in terms of, like, the game itself, I found it extremely frustrating to watch from a, from a perspective of someone who's wanting Liverpool to win. I thought, I said to George earlier on, Liverpool, it seemed, got into the final third in really good positions and then put their foot on the ball and slowed it down which gave Real Madrid opportunities to get back in and allowed them to get their two banks of four in the box, on the edge of the box. Um, And they just, I don't know what it was. Liverpool just looked, I don't know, it's really hard to describe. I just felt really disappointed by Liverpool. And I think that we should touch upon the goal. Obviously, Vinicius scored the winner. Great run by um, Ernesto Valverde to set it up. Um, Thoughts on the goal before we break it down? Like, Anything you wanted to say first before I sort of rip it apart? Um, yeah, I know. I probably know where you're going to go with it. With Trent's, yeah, awareness of where I think, Vinicius was. I think that goal sum up, sums up why Trent will never start for England at a major tournament. Because he has no defensive awareness at the back post. He gets away with it on a regular basis for Liverpool. And we, so we've, like... A lot of people have said it. I've said it. Trent is... I would I would love to see Trent starting for England. I think he's absolutely class and I love him. But I would start Rhys James because I know that Rhys James is checking his shoulders when that ball's coming into the box. And it's happened time and time again. And it just frustrated me that they conceded such an easily avoidable goal because yeah. if he checks his shoulder, he can just take an extra yard in and hook it away with his left foot. Yeah. But yeah. well, maybe maybe a, just as a quick thing for like the England thing, maybe he does shift to like a a, a wider winger or something. Maybe that's a better yeah. for him because if he's not got that defensive mindset like Reese James or definitely like Kyle Walker, then that's definitely a limitation for a right back who is naturally going to be a defender as well. I think that like he. When he was face to face, I think he's got better this season. I was talking to my dad, bless him, 
who goes from like naught to a hundred in like three seconds where I said, Oh, Trent's at fault for the goal. My dad went, he can't defend. I was like, no, he can defend. Like when he's square against someone like face to face, he's not that bad. Like he's mm. Vinicius didn't get past him that much when he squared him up. But when he's defending the back post from the left-hand side, he just doesn't seem to be aware of what's behind him. And mm. it really bothers me thinking about Especially Liverpool's the- chances. Especially, like the, you got to give a fair bit of credit to the ball which went in. Oh, oh, it was a, it was a great cross. It was a, it was a hard passed ball, um, which you know was was to a certain extent still difficult to manage the as a defender, still difficult to manage that mm. and clear it. Um, but even when I saw it, I thought, oh, if he did have a bit of awareness, maybe he could have even even if it went in for an own goal. Like, or mm. it risked it, like, just got a little touch, which might have lifted the ball, which doesn't give Vinicius that clean Or if, if you, like, throw yourself in front of it, or, well, no, the thing is, like, if, as the ball's about to come in or on the way back into the box, he's just literally done that once, yeah. he'll know that he's there, and you, even if you can't make the ball, what he can then do is position himself on the line to try yeah. and block it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he can just adjust his body position, but because he's so square on to the ball, there's no way he knows where Vinicius is. It frustrated the crap out of me because I feel like I would get my head ripped off in the league I play at if I let someone run in and tap a goal in at the back post like that. Mm. So for someone who we sort of argue should maybe start more games for England to do that, you wouldn't want him at the back post in a World Cup final for England, would you? You'd much rather have someone like Rhys James or Carl Walker. Although, I, again, I don't like Carl Walker that much. But mm. it's an interesting one. But And then going forward, I, th- I thought personally Trent had a, a dreadful game for Liverpool. Going forward, I don't remember any of his crosses that were completed. He had a couple of shots that went over and wide. Um, I thought that he struggled a lot. And I just thought Liverpool going forward... Like I said, they just kept slowing it down. And I love at one point in at half time, I think it was Gerard said, Oh, all Real Madrid are doing is playing in front of Liverpool, sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards. I was like, that's all Liverpool have done all game. It's just play sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards. Like it's just a really frustrating game from a Liverpool perspective, I think. But let's touch upon the real positives for Real Madrid. Um it's nice to see, in a way, Real Madrid using young players to win this trophy with the likes or, or players that they've had for a long time as well, with the likes of Carver Howe, who's been in the team for years and years and years. They've brought Militao through. They've brought Furlan Mendy from Lyon, and he's taken great strides. Casemiro's been a Real Madrid player through his career. And then Vinicius, Valverde, Rodrigo, Camavinga, all young players absolutely amazing I'm really mm. glad that Madrid are moving not necessarily moving away from the Galacticos but have been successful without just signing the best players yeah, mm. yeah I mean they. I don't think compared to your uh, well I don't know compared to your cities and Manchester cities your PSGs your Bayern Munichs perhaps or Liverpool's your Man United's of this world maybe they don't have the funds that they used to have so yeah Definitely. Um, so, yeah, really I mean, interested. Sorry, mate, go on. I was going to say, yeah, they've obviously looked at a different way of, you know, how they're going to develop and how they're going to use the best, best, best squad. So, 
Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Like, obviously, I, I haven't watched a lot of the league of this season, and I think yeah. if you look at the team sheet and with the subs bench that they've got on, you've got the likes of Bale and Hazard sitting on the bench, Marcelo, and you're thinking, well, they're they're the superstars. Why aren't they playing in the Champions League final? But I mean, like you said, the players you mentioned there, Mendy, Valverde, you know, they they all put even a, a, an excellent. Danny Ceballos, who struggled on loan at Arsenal, comes off the bench Madness. to have a good game. It's yeah. really, it's really good the way that Ancelotti has sort of managed the squad this season, and then the way that it's been built over recent years, whether it's what they wanted to do or not. It will on your um, point there, George, about finances. It'll be really interesting to see what Real do in the summer because they had basically put all their eggs in the Mbappe basket and then Kylian Mbappe's decided to stay at Paris Saint-Germain for another three years. The, the wages and the signing on fee that they would have given Mbappe uh, is in theory now available, plus the 300 grand a week or whatever that Bale was on. He's now leaving the club, so he's off the wage bill and Marcelo is leaving the club, so he's off the wage bill. So in theory, they've got a lot of money to spend, certainly on wages. So I would not be surprised if a couple of big free transfers like Pogba um, potentially arrived at the Bernabeu in the summer. But it will be interesting to see how they sort of manage their finances. And what. And like we just talked about, they're bringing in young players, whether they target young players again or whether they go for a big superstar. Yeah. Can we quickly touch on Gareth Bale? Like let's, what? Let's touch on Gareth Bale. Yeah. I mean, like what? What's happened to him this season? Like, I, I actually think I think when he came back to the Premier League, I think every English supporter of football was really excited for him to come back. He's like, oh, he's been mistreated by Madrid, and you know, now we're going to see Gareth Bale back in his pomp, back in the Premier League. You know, he said himself, he's not the same player as he was when he left Tottenham. Yeah, but. I don't know. From the outside, like I said, I, I don't watch the Liga um, very often, but I, I just get a sense that he can't really be bothered. I don't think he can. I think that's it. And, and the, the problem with that is I think that everyone else has sort of tarred him with that brush, if that makes sense. Like the Madrid press and the, the fans have gone, well, he doesn't care. And he's like poked fun at himself by doing the, what was it, like Wales, Golf, Madrid in that order thing a few years ago. And that's obviously going to come back to bite you long term. And I just think that he's never going to get game time. And when he does play, he really needs to impress. And when he has played this season, I don't watch La Liga a lot, but when he has played, he's not made a massive impression. I don't know if he's even scored a goal this season. I have no idea. But he, um, I think he's definitely on the way out. But there are rumours that he'll retire instead of go to another club. But I'd like to see him come back to England again and give it another go. But it depends who's willing to pay his wages. Like, I always think in the romance of football, and I know this doesn't happen very much anymore, but I'd love him to go to, like, West Ham or someone like that and just take, and I know it's still stupid money, but be like, I'll take 80 grand a week on a, on a one-year deal because I've made 300 grand a week for the last five, six, however many years at Real Madrid. So I don't need money. I just want to play football. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd like him to come back to the English shores and do something, but I I don't know. There's rumours that he wanted to get, he wants to go to Cardiff. Can you I imagine mean, that? Can you imagine him playing in the championship? <laughs> yeah. It's like Ronaldo going back and playing in the Portuguese league. Yeah. It would be ridiculous. It's... But yeah, I just thought... Yeah. But you see for Wales, like, you see for Wales what he can do still. It's not like he's, um, 
don't know who to compare him to. It's not like he's like washed up and everyone has this idea that he's amazing and he's not. It's like when Ronaldinho went to AC Milan, everyone thought, God, Ronaldinho is going to start playing week in, week out again. And everyone thought he was going to score loads of goals. But he, he was an older guy and he wasn't going to do those sorts of things. Like, he's not like that. He's still only, what, 32? Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, he's still got he's, three or four years if he wants it. Three or four years in the prep if he wants, mm. but it depends on him, doesn't it? Like, it's a really interesting dynamic with regards to his attitude towards playing, because I don't know if it's his attitude towards playing for Madrid or if it's his attitude towards football. Mm. But I tell you one thing for free, he won't be staying at Madrid for next season. No, probably not. Probably not. Let's, um, let's just very quickly touch on something else. Nottingham Forest promoted to the Premier League today. Absolutely delighted for Forest. Obviously, you guys know how much I really really love Nottingham Forest because of my affinity with Brian Clough. So one good thing to come out of this weekend was Nottingham Forest being promoted to the Premier League. Um, they were, what, bottom of the championship or second bottom or 21st or something in, like, November, December. So to go up as the playoff winners, I think they deserve massive credit. Um, coming up next season with Fulham and Bournemouth, we know what Fulham and Bournemouth will do. They'll spend a bit of cash. They've, they, they are an established yo-yo club. Nottingham Forest, if they come up, what do you want them to... Who do you think they should sign? What do you want them to do? Should they spend big money or should they just consolidate the squad they have? I'm confident, I'm going to say it now, I'm confident that they'll stay up because as the football manager in in me, I want Steve Cooper to uh, guide those guys to safety because I think he's a brilliant, brilliant manager and what he's done with Nottingham Forest... So like yeah, I feel the like football manager in you turned Villarreal into a yo-yo club on Football Manager once upon a time. So I wouldn't <laughs> be thinking of you for my football manager. No. <laughs> I mean that like Steve Cooper. He's like kind of he's been the guy that's come from the lower divisions and he's yeah. made his way up, sort of thing. But yeah, um, yeah I I really want Steve Cooper to keep him up. Um, and do, but in... will they? I think what... they will and actually doing it is two different things isn't it so i think i think they will i genuinely think they will because i think that they've got a better foundation going up than both fulham and bournemouth and i think unless leeds sign three or four in the summer i think they're better than leeds right now i was gonna say who do you think if they would stay up who's going i'll tell you who i think's in trouble next season there are four teams i think are worse than forest right now that i think would go down I don't think Fulham will be able to stay up. I don't know what it is about Fulham because in theory they should, but I'm going on past events that they'll come back down. I don't rate Bournemouth very much. I don't think their team's that good and I don't like Scott Parker as a manager. Um, I think Leeds will struggle unless they recruit really well in the summer. And I tell you what, if Southampton stay up again next season, I will be absolutely gobsmacked because they've been absolutely dreadful for the last three seasons. And just like this season, what were they like? Four clear of relegation? Mm. They are crap. They had a good start, didn't they? They did. They had... They had a decent start and they have done for the like, last few seasons, they have like a period that keeps them in the Premier League, essentially. But yeah. think of that Southampton team. Take James Ward-Prowse out of it. Name me one Premier League standard player in that team. Yeah, there isn't really. Not really. I just, I don't see them staying up unless they, again, like Leeds, unless they recruit really well. I think Forrest, knowing their team, 
a little bit better than I guess your average fan. I think they might need a new keeper because Samba, the goalkeeper, is very hit and miss. Like mm. he's got a mistake in him once every three games. They need another centre back because they've got Steve Cook in there, who, although he's experienced, I think is a bit old for the Premier League in terms of legs. And I think that they'll also need to get in a number nine that can score goals because they've been playing with Keenan Davis and Sam Surridge. Um, and Sam Surridge has scored a lot of goals, but whether he can do it in the Premier League, I don't know. If I'm if I'm um, Forrest, I'd genuinely take a good look at Timu Puki and see how much he would cost from Norwich because he's been relegated again. He'll want to stay in the Prem. Um, and I think he's only got like one year left on his Norwich deal. So, and he's done more. He got double figures, didn't he? He got eleven goals this season, yeah. which is decent in a very poor Norwich team. So, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see. But I think Forrest have, with the fans and the foundation that they've got going up, I think they've got a really good chance of staying up. I can see them doing what Brentford have done and having a, a tough season, but finishing relatively clear of it. Yeah. But I'm just glad it was them and not Huddersfield because, again, Huddersfield not a club that I really like, to be honest. But, still climbing, isn't it? So, yeah. But, um, you know, I think overall, I think we all said Forest would be the ones, if not Luton, to get promoted from the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased for them. Yeah. Obviously, we um, will keep an eye on them next season and we'll obviously make some predictions for how the season will go at the start of the season in a few weeks' time uh, when we start the podcast for the Premier League season again. But should we do some reviewing of this season, gents? Okay, so what we're going to do this evening, so for our listeners, we decided this very late, but we are going to do it today. Um, We are going to do the rest of our 1-11 to shirt number team next week. Um, Right now, we're going to do our own personal teams of the season. Um, So we're going to read through our teams of the season in the formations that we've given them. We're going to read through them. I'm going to go first, then Alistair, then George. Uh, I'm going to take a note of everyone's team and then we are going to try and come up with an agreed 11 so we're going to go through our own and then we'll obviously have between one and three nominations for each position and hopefully come up with our team of the season does that sound okay gents okay so i'm going to read out my team obviously if we all agree on one person then they go straight and so my team and i want you to read out the um the name of the player and their club if possible, just so that everyone is aware who listens or watches about mm-hmm. who we're talking about. So my team, I have got Edison in goal from Man City. Trent, I go right to left. So Trent Alexander-Arnold, Liverpool. Virgil van Dijk, Liverpool. Thiago Silva, Chelsea. Mark Cucurella, Brighton at left back. Then I've got two holding midfielders, Declan Rice, West Ham. And my only controversial one, Joel Linton, Newcastle. Then I've got Mo Salah, Liverpool, Kevin De Bruyne, Man City, Son Hung Min, Tottenham. And up front, I've gone, because I couldn't think of a striker and I wanted to get this guy in, I've gone Jared Bowen, West Ham, up front. So that's my team. Alistair, let's have yours. I'll try and write it down as you read it. So I've got Alisson in goal for Liverpool. Yeah. Mine defence pretty similar. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Liverpool. Van Dijk, Liverpool, Thiago Silva, Chelsea, Jao Cancelo, Man Oh, he's frozen. frozen. He's frozen. City. So, oh, you, you, fr- yeah? you froze. We got Cancelo, then you froze. So go from Cancelo. Yeah, Cancelo, Man City, and then midfield. Yeah. I've got 
Um, I, I don't think it... I know it has froze, yeah, because it's unstable. Um, midfield, I've got uh, Declan Rice, West Ham. Yeah. I've got James Madison, Leicester. Oh, and okay. And I've got Kevin De Bruyne, Man City. And then yeah. in pack, or, or, you know, front three, um, I've got uh, Son from Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, Mo Salah, Liverpool, and I've, I've gone Harry Kane, Tottenham. Okay, perfect. And then, George, let's have yours, and then we'll start discussing. Yeah, so I've gone Alisson uh, from Liverpool in goal. Uh, right back, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. Uh, Centre-backs, Van Dijk and Rudiger. Yeah. And left-back, Cancelo. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, defence midfield, I've gone for Declan Rice as well. So and Rice then, is definitely in. <laughs> <laughs> and then centre midfields, I have gone for De Bruyne and Gallagher. So De Bruyne. Oh, that's a really good shout. That's a really good shout, actually. So yes, yeah. De Bruyne from Man City and Gallagher from Crystal Palace. And then yeah. my front three is Jared Bowen from West Ham, Salah yeah. from Liverpool, and Son from Tottenham. Perfect. And have you got Bowen as a striker or Son or Salah? Who have you got through the middle? I've, I've gone for uh, Salah in the middle. Okay, perfect. Well, let's talk about the people that are definitely in, in terms of all three of us have voted for them. Let's go through them one by one. So Trent Alexander-Arnold, definitely in. Um, highest assists, was it this season for Liverpool? Or was it Salah got yeah. past him at the end? But um, Trent just had, he had a great season. Like as much as we criticised him tonight, consistently, an ama- he is an amazing right back. Um, with Rhys James and Carl Walker having injuries, it meant that he was the favourite to win this position for us. Um, but George, as a Liverpool fan, talk to me about Trent and what he brings to Liverpool. Oh, well, where, where do you start? I mean, like just going forwards, like just I used to play right back, and I could only dream of delivering such crosses like the way Trent does it. It's just amazing. He really whips the ball as he crosses the ball into the box. It's amazing to watch and to see on a regular basis. Um, so, yeah, it's just such an attacking threat down that right-hand side. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just yeah, brilliant, brilliant to have, yeah. to, to have as a Liverpool man. Yeah, I mean, like, as in terms of range of passing goes, like we've talked about his defender, but his range of passing just makes him almost unplayable at times. Alistair, you went for the same guy, Trent, at right-back. Was there any debate for you? Was there anyone else that you even considered? I've always I've always had a soft spot for like Carl Walker. I always watch him in Man City and always um, like love his composure as a defender, especially when yeah. balls get whipped into the box. Um, he's always such a composed player, obviously very athletic um, and, and a, an aggressive defender as well. Um, but yeah, just you, for Trent, you just he just stands out, and every time he gets on the ball on that. Uh, on the opposition's box just outside of it, you know he's going to whip in a deadly ball and it's going to be accurate. And it always yeah. tends to be, or most of the time it tends to be accurate. Um, and you've always got a, a very good chance of scoring a goal. Um, and so just because of that, on his consistency, he gets in. Yeah, world-class player without a doubt. Let's talk about arguably the best centre-back in the Premier League and the world at the moment, Virgil van Dijk. Obviously on the losing side last night as well, but uh, like 
Look, everyone says Rolls-Royce of a defender, unbeatable in the air, brilliant on the floor, can play as well. I think it goes without saying that he gets into pretty much everyone's team in this season, if not most seasons that he's been at Liverpool. But Alistair, like in terms of Virgil van Dijk, like best player in the world in his position at the minute? Probably, yeah. I'd, I'd probably say so. There's no one else which I, when you say that, I go, actually, maybe this player straight away like give me a few more seconds maybe there's a couple but um but yeah just straight off the bat van dyke like he there's definitely still one or two moments where you could see a bit of like a weakness in his game um yeah i think last night spurs like against spurs i i saw a few moments where he got rattled and i was like oh i've never seen this in van dyke before but definitely overall, you just like you would have him in your team without a doubt. A hundred percent. Even last night, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but for the goal, a lot of people have, have analysed it that he should have gone out and pressed Valverde a lot earlier rather than just trying to cover the front post. But there are those decisive moments that he can get wrong. But George, like in terms of what he gives you across a season, you would never take him out if you can avoid it, would you? No, absolutely not. I mean. As mentioned on here before, like when he wasn't playing for Liverpool last season, like there was just such a noticeable difference. Like he's made Joel Matip look like a world-class defender. I actually really rate Joel Matip. Like for me, this season, if we're picking a Liverpool 11, he's in front of Canate for me personally because of what he does with the ball. But he made Matip and Canate look, even when Lovren was at Liverpool, he made Lovren look like a really good defender. And I hated Lovren with a passion. Um, so, yeah, he's just uh, yeah, and a really good defender. Awesome. And we're going to talk about who we're going to put in alongside him in just a second um, and behind him as well. But let's move up the pitch again. We're going to talk very quickly about who we've agreed on. Declan Rice is in all of our teams. I think that he's taken strides to become easily England's best midfielder. Um, I think the prospect of him and Jude Bellingham alongside each other for years to come is something that makes me erect. Um, <laughs> I, I, You guys, we've all talked about how much we love Jude Bellingham, uh, especially Alistair wearing his Birmingham shirt, obviously loves Jude Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Um, but Declan Rice gets in all of our teams. Very much, I think, a Rolls-Royce sort of player and a player that we would all like to see playing alongside other world-class players at some point. I'd like him to stay at West Ham for one more year. Um, but Declan Rice, I mean, does anybody want to just quickly comment on him as to why he's got into this team so comfortably? There was there was one game for me. I, I, it was the FA Cup. And when West Ham were literally losing until like the last minute of the Give game. Giving the Harriers away. That's it. And like literally Declan Rice just single-handedly just dragged his team over the line. And instead even, of a, like a defensive midfielder, he became, became Gerard-esque. In I was going to say, even though they were Conference North, it was a Gerard-like performance that he just went, right, I'm sorting this out. And he's got the goal and then the assist to take them through. Mm. It was, yeah. yeah. And in the Premier League, like, he's analysed almost every week by pundits as the best player for West Ham. And I don't, I, and I know that we can't just go on what pundits say, but like, goodness me, I don't think that it's, it's a, by coincidence that he's their best player, is it? Like, he's the one who sets the tone. He does the, he drives them forward, he defends, he can play centre back if needed as well. Like, we're very lucky that he's chosen to represent England, I think, and he's had a great season as well. Yeah. So Declan Rice in. Okay, Kevin De Bruyne, 
Football Writers Player of the Year. I don't think we can say too much that hasn't been said about Kevin De Bruyne. Like, creative genius. Um, arguably, again, best player in the world in his position as like a... What would he be? Like a marauding playmaker. Like, he just pops up in places you wouldn't... He's on the left, on the right. He's in a 10 position. He breaks lines by getting into the box and scoring goals. He's on the edge of his box clearing crosses. Like... And obviously for Alistair, he's ginger as well. So that's a massive, <laughs> massive reason to pick. <laughs> and he just he just finds space. Like, I watch him in games. I've in, Ever since that game when he scored four goals, I was really curious to see, like, how players and teams would react to him specifically. And I watched him in those games. And I just, like, you know he's a dangerous player. He's the most dangerous player on the pitch, probably. And But... Like people still gave him space. People didn't mark him, and he finds the space. You're like, what the heck are they doing? Like, well, it's this weird because give him any space. He like he's one of those that the thing is like he sits in positions where you can't mark him because if like a left back goes out and marks him on the right because he's not supposed to be there, then the right winger or the right back have got space to run into. And if a centre back steps out to mark him, then it's one v one on the shoulder. And if he's uh, being picked up by a midfielder, then they get over on a midfielder. And I think that's the genius of Man City and Pep Guardiola as much as it is anything else. Um, but yeah, he's just an absolutely wonderful player. So we won't spend too much time on him. And another guy we won't spend too much time on is Mohamed Salah. Um, we talked about him last week a lot, which is one of the main reasons. He dropped off towards the end of the season. There's no doubt that if he had maintained his form from the start of the season, we'd be looking at a Ballon d'Or nomination. and We'd be looking at Golden Boot without contention. It was really funny because Sky Sports released the... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, and probably Liverpool win in the Premier League. As well, yeah, arguably, yeah, possibly scored against Tottenham and won the game, and so, yeah, and I mean, like Sky Sports released their like goals of the season video from the first half of the season the other day, and he features in it three, four times, and all of his goals are like we talked about, they're like messy like goals where he's gone like through three, four and curled it or like put it in the near post or something, and you just think if the African Cup of Nations hadn't come. Would Liverpool won the league? Would Salah have dropped off? Like, there's the emotional aspect of Salah as well in terms of, like, you go through that emotional um, trauma almost of missing out on the African Cup of Nations on penalties, gone through a penalty shootout three times in the tournament to come back and then be asked to be the talisman for Liverpool must have been really difficult for him. But... His numbers are still ridiculous. We're talking about a guy who dropped off and still leveled the golden boot with what was it, 23, George? Was it? I think it's 21. 21, but still, from you think about that, he doesn't play up front, he plays on the wing. Mm. It's ridiculous. So, from one winger who won the golden boot to the other, a guy who seems to get better as seasons go by, Song Hung Min, absolutely incredible season. He's been unreal this year. So, so good. Really, really underrated player, I think. Like someone I I hope he goes to a big club. Uh, and that's not putting Spurs down because Conte could make them into a big club in a couple of years' time. Yeah. But like I would snap someone's arm off to have Son at Liverpool. Because he can play across the front line and it's just his pace and like his, his, he can shoot with either foot. Um he's direct. I just think he's such yeah, he's, I think he's such a brilliant player. But it's weird, isn't it? Because, like, talk about... Um, we talked about Salah. 
And Son is such a different type of player to Salah, but they are both successful in scoring goals from the wing in that Salah is very much, I don't know, like jinking run, plays loads of quick one-twos and like curls them. Son Heung-min scores so many types of different goals and he mm. tends to run onto balls from deep. Um, him and Kane have got that wonderful connection that they have for Spurs. And I actually think that you like people should be watching Spurs next year in the domestic cups, because I think Conte will want to win something next season. And I think that the FA Cup and League Cup are exactly where Spurs can do it. Um, if they recruit well, again, like if they can keep Kulisevsky for another season, I think he's been a revelation. Um, he was actually on my honourable mentions for this. I thought he was brilliant when he came in. Um, and Rodrigo Bentancourt had a good season as well. I think if, if Spurs can sign a couple of decent defenders, I think they're going to be hard to stop next season. Um, but yeah, Son Hoon in the other one. So let's start from the back and work forwards or forwards to back? Back forward. Back first. Right, OK, so let's talk about goalkeepers. You've both gone Allison. I've gone Edison. Um, let's do the debate. Why Allison over Edison? Start with you, Alistair, because George spoke just a minute ago about Song. <laughs> well, you could have either one. You could have either one. I, um, I just think for a lot of these, for you know, the individual players which I've got as well, I just kind of feel like part of it is definitely down to your own preference and how mm. if, if people have just caught your eye and attention for what, one reason or another or just because you like them. Um, but yeah, I just I just like the Liverpool team more than the City team. I like the Liverpool defence as much, uh, more as well. And and just Alisson, every time I, like, I watch him, I just, you know, saves he makes one-on-one. Um, I love seeing those. I love him when he throws the ball out and he's like mm -hmm. always looking for that quick attack, counter attack. And even yesterday, there was a couple of moments where, where he threw the ball out and or kicked the ball out. Yeah, volleyed it out to Diaz, didn't he? Yeah, straight out. And and oh, like Diaz had an insane touch and then got a free kick or something and fair play. Yeah. Um, just that, like he's not just a goalkeeper. He's part of that outfield team as well, which makes which is similar to Edison to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. That, and they break the boundaries with that goalkeeper role, which is great. Um, but I just I think Edison, you know, yeah, that's fair enough. If I George, if I bounce in quickly because I've gone Edison and then hand back to you to finish this off, I'm happy to go Allison. To be honest, like you said, Alistair, it's very much like you could have either, and this is still team of the season regardless. Do you know what swayed it for me is just Edison won the Premier League, yeah. but he was in the winning team. You know, he mm. he he. He won the league this season, and to be the best, you've got to have the best in every position. And I just feel like Edison and Allison can't be separated this season, yeah. so I used a trophy to separate it. You know, I don't know if any of you know who got the most clean sheets off the top of my head. I have no idea, but if I had to pick a team from this season, from you know. From games that I've watched, I think Edison's been steadier this season as well. I don't know about you, George. I think Allison Allison gives me the shit sometimes, especially like when he decides he wants to play with his feet. He's not as assured as Edison. You know that yeah. one where Edison did the like he hesitated when Jota closed oh, yeah. it down, but he but he didn't panic. He just then played it off of his line. Allison, yeah. when he gets closed down, I'm like, oh my god, what is he doing? Yeah, and there are a lot of times when Allison kicks it very badly straight to an opposition player. Like last night, was it in the first half? He got closed down by Benzema, 
um, and nearly lost the ball, but it went out for throwing off of Benzema. Mm. Um, so Allison makes me more uncomfortable and I want my goalkeepers to be assured in every situation. So I think Edison, for me, I would still just pick Edison over Allison. But George, you've gone Allison as well. I'm assuming I haven't said you, but maybe I have. Let's see. You've gone Allison initially. What? Why have you gone him instead of the other Brazilian? Yeah, so I've just that literally just remembered Allison did win the Golden Glove this year. So that's something to think about. Um, that because I've just looked and it's like they both got 20. Oh, uh, maybe it was shared, but it maybe it was something that gave him that. But maybe it was goals conceded, but, but yeah, 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 it could have been, like yeah. But then, like, the thing is, as well, and, and this is not to make an ex like, I'm not trying to win this argument, like I said, I'm happy to go either way, but the way that we look at it, um, we talked earlier, you mentioned George specifically, like when Liverpool had a, a scrapped defence last season Alisson was so important this season you think about the last sort of what 10-12 games Live, uh, Man City haven't had their flat back uh, haven't had their set back four they've been playing with Fernandinho and a half at Laporte and then John Stones at right back and Zinchenko had to come in at left back like they still won the league with that team. So I, I don't know. I'm Honestly, I'm happy to go either way, but I decided Edison based on those factors. But yeah, sorry, why why Alisson for you, mate? Obviously, Liverpool fan, he's someone you watch more regularly. Yeah, so he's pretty much on that, really. I, I could have easily picked Edison as well, but especially the way Liverpool have been playing this season with such a high line, like especially this season, which kind of makes my heart skip a beat sometimes when the ball's played over the top. But how many times Alisson has saved us this season? Like I think he's saved us probably, yeah, probably 10 points by himself with the yeah. amount of one-on-ones he's saved and he's, he's covered. So that's the reason, because I've watched Liverpool more than City and with the massive and big saves that Alisson's made for us. So that's, yeah. Yeah, that's why I picked him. No problem at all. Let's go, Alisson. So, Alisson is our goalkeeper for team of the season. Virgil van Dijk is at centre-back. We've got two different options here, and I went between... It's interesting. We've got Thiago Silva and Antonio Rudiger. I had Rudiger and changed my mind to Thiago Silva because Thiago Silva, for me, I don't remember him making a mistake all season. And I think if I could pick my dream defence, especially three or four years ago. Imagine Van Dijk and Thiago Silva together. That would be unreal. They'd never concede. Mm. They'd have a, they'd have goals conceded zero for the whole season. It'd be incredible. But we, me and Alistair went Thiago Silva, Rolls-Royce of a player, incredible defender. Was he 36, 37 now? He's still one of the best defenders in the league. George, Antonio Rudiger for you, though. Yeah, so... I love Thiago Silva as well. Like, I think we did a, a pod a few months ago asking to pick our best centre-backs, I think, of the Premier League era, like yeah. maybe three or four months ago. And Thiago wasn't actually mentioned. And I was like, oh, OK. But for me, like, he, I think he's amazing. Like, he's such a, an important, like, such a great player. I think, again, I haven't been watching Chelsea too much towards the back end of the season, but he's been in and out of the team. Like, I think in the first half of the season, he was immense. Um, like the rock that we've been talking about even last season as well. I uh, just think because Rudiger's played more, um, I, I, yeah, just picked him ahead of Thiago Silva, to be honest with you. 
I think for me, certainly, Alistair, I'll come to you in literally just a second. But again, it comes down to that same thing as with the Alison Edison thing. But Thiago Silva, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more comfortable watching Thiago Silva defend something than I am Rudiger because I feel like Rudiger. I just don't. I never feel like Thiago Silva is making a mistake at any point, whether he's on the ball or whether he's defending. And at the age of 36, the fact that he can still keep up with Premier League strikers and position himself so perfectly to avoid conceding goals is just something that I think has to be applauded. Alistair, you went Thiago Silva. What made you choose him instead of anyone else? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't actually think much about Rudiger. Definitely either one would be great. I think in a strange way, um, Thiago Silva, I thought of more just because, um, yeah, in a strange way, like when you don't hear about a defender, sometimes that's a good thing as well. Um, yeah. And he's just got on with his job, especially in that Chelsea team. And it just seems like, you know, he's done his job, not had much fuss about him. When defenders make mistakes, that's when they get more he like headlines sometimes, especially yeah, defenders. Yeah. And it just seemed like that that had been the case with him. Um, but yeah, just a solid player. And, you know, you'd, again, clearly I'd have him in any team because he's in my team of the season. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but... It's a really tough one to choose because Rudiger has had a great season and he looks like he's off to Real Madrid potentially um, at the end of the season on a free. Which way I'm, I'm happy to go to Thiago Silva, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I, I think, think I think there's probably I think it's probably it right first, basically, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I just I just think that the way I would look at it is I just don't I just don't think Rudiger's as good a defender as Thiago Silva, and we're looking think, at it. I think discipline as well. Rudiger yeah. picks up a lot of cards. Yeah. If you think of it from a team point of view, I'd rather have Thiago Silva. Yeah, definitely. And I think that we're very like we're in a very democratic mood this evening because I think that I'm happy to go straight with you guys on this. But I picked Mark Cucurella um, from Brighton for left back. I actually had my first choice was um, was Matt Target from Aston Villa slash Newcastle, because I think that Matt Target, when he went to Newcastle, He's been incredible for Newcastle. Like he's he's been genuinely fantastic going forward and defending. And it's it's one of those things where you look at the signing of Luca Dean for Aston Villa and you think, oh, I don't know if that's the right move because Matt Target's a good player and you've spent a lot of money on Dean. But we'll see, obviously, and trust the process with Gerard. But I've waxed lyrical as well about Shao Cancelo this season. Incredible player you know why they spent the money on him when you watch him for like 10 minutes. But is there anything either of you wanted to say? You don't have to convince me. I've already written Cancelo's name down yeah. at left back because I've conceded it. But did you think of anyone else? I didn't. Andy for me, Robertson? Yeah. Uh, Andy maybe. Robertson? Uh, I just think the fact that Cancelo, for the majority of last season, played right back. This season, he's been playing left back and you couldn't yeah. even tell the difference. Yeah, He's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. He's arguably one of the best fullbacks in the world. I think he's probably the most underrated fullback in the Premier League because Trent, Trent, Reese James, Chilwell, Marcos Alonso, etc., all get talked about. Shao Cancelo just goes about his business, and mm. it's the it's the stuff he does going forward more than anything 
Uh, he's probably as good going forward, not for the same reasons, but he's as good going forward as anyone else in the league, including Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, yeah, Shao Cancelo in at left-back. I don't think we need to focus on that one for too long. Let's go striker next, because the midfield one, we've got three different options. Striker, Harry Kane or Jared Bowen is basically is is the debate. So, Alistair, you've gone Harry Kane. Yeah. Tell us why Harry Kane should be in this team. Well, the attacking players have to score goals. Harry Kane scored 17. Bowen scored 12. Yeah. That, I think that's the main thing um, which picks it for me. The more goals in your team, the more likely you to win. Um, and he's got, I don't think he's, I've got it here. So he's got nearly the same assist. He's got one less assist than Bowen. Um, but as a striker, your main main role is to score. And Kane's got more goals, even though he's had, obviously, the whole thing with um, City in the summer, last summer. He obviously went started off pretty, like, not great, but he's still had a, a good season. Not not incredible season, let's face it, like, compared to other seasons he's had, I think. Um, he hasn't hit the 20-goal mark, 20 mark, but he's still had a good season. And, um, and yeah, I, I don't think there's much more I can say. Like, especially with the other thing as well, like whether it makes a difference as well, is if you had this team of the season they were playing, which we're presuming that to be the case, then yeah. you've got Son and Kane and they complement each other. And are you going to get the best of both? Worlds, if if that team played in the team mm. of the season, if you took out Kane, then you're saying about Son, then like, well, to a certain extent, you need both of them together. Um, based yeah. on, on the, the, the thing, the the what they give, what based on what they provide each other, because we all know that Son and Kane work well together. So mm. I think that those are the main reasons why I put him over Bowen. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. George, do you want to argue the Jared Bowen side of it? And then I can sort of chip in as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I did think about Kane, but for me, I just think his slow start to the season made me look elsewhere. Um, I think Saka was actually in a close second for me. Um, but I I love the consistency that Bowen has had over this season. He's ended the season with his first England call-up. Um and yeah, it's just been, I think he's just been reliable, been consistent um, in terms of West Ham's main attacking threat as well. Sometimes been playing down the middle, mainly on the right. But when Antonio's been off the boil or injured, Bowen stepped up and kept them in the European places. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that it's worth saying as well, like Jared Bowen's done it in a weaker team as much as like, as much as Spurs aren't great, I don't think that you can say that they're, they're not weak. What's the word? Like they just lack quality West Ham in certain areas. Like they're starting left and right backs are not world beaters. Their centre backs are, you know, other club rejects for a better you know, way of describing them. They've got players throughout the team other than Declan Rice that are well below you know, Champions League quality. And they've been pushing for Champions League places all season. And Jared Bowen to score 12 goals this season and get more assists than Kane, I think is massive credit because you've got to remember that Jared Bowen is not a central striker by trade. 
and that he's played off the left, off the right, and up front this season as well as in a ten. And I just I just think that when a player has as good a season as he has, I think it should be recognised. And I think that the fact that I know what you're saying, Al, but I think that like Kane's had such a good season year on year on year. This is his worst season for a few years. So maybe it's time that for a team of the season, he misses out on someone like Jared Bowen, who's had a great season for what's expected of him. Maybe it's time that he comes into the team. Yeah, I mean, one thing which I would say is saying about Kane having a slow start to the season, having a good one, uh, Bowen. Bowen actually scored two, no, in the first two months, he scored no goals. Um, I love the research that's gone into it. I was wondering why you were looking down the whole time that George was talking. I was just curious as well. I actually was just curious. Um, and up until like the new year, he scored five goals in total. And Kane at that point had 12 goals. So actually Kane didn't start off poorly. He actually scored two goals in his second game and oh, first game and then got a hat-trick in the second month. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think this is the toughest position. This is the toughest position that we've got like nearly an agreement on to choose because uh, I think Alistair makes a good point. Harry Kane's a central striker and this person, in theory, plays in between Salah and Son. So maybe we give Jared Bowen an honourable mention and Harry Kane does go in. What are your thoughts on that, Georges? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just the start of the season for me. It was just because he's such a big player. Like, pundits love the to thing talk is, about Harry, Harry Kane. Harry can, I just jump, can I just jump <laughs> on that then and like, play devil's advocate? Salah's in the team and had a bad end to the season. Yeah, but true. We can't, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say if we're going to discount Harry Kane for start of the season, should Bowen be in instead of Salah? Because he yeah. had a really good season consistently. Mm. I suppose I Salah I, trumps it because he's won Golden Boot there, isn't he? Exactly. So I think I think it's fair to say that Kane, if we're if like Alistair said, if we're thinking about this as a as a team that would play you'd pick Kane over Bowen. So I think we go with Kane. Is that fair? Go on then. All right, we're Harry Kane up front, just ahead of Jared Bowen of West Ham. Final position then, gents. It's I'm not having... So far, isn't it? I'm not having James Madison in this, so you can, <laughs> you can get right off. But Alistair, James Madison's your weird choice for this. Do you want to talk us through why? Because I think he's had a very substandard season, personally. But let's talk about it. Give me, give me James Madison's justification. Has it not been? I swear it's been like his best statistical season, isn't it? Goals and assists. Has it? Because he's not looked like it. Well, he's still had an injury-prone season, hasn't he? Which is another reason not to include him. Yeah, I mean, so... so <laughs> Probably not. Like, I definitely think there's probably better players out there um, for this season. I think, like I said earlier, like uh, some of these players who we disagree on or differ with. Um, like, oh, hello, West Country. Like, uh, differ yeah, with. Get on. On track there. Yeah, like differ with in that. Like, 
I think it just came down to personal preference, players who stood out. And and yeah. Madison, for me, just stood out, where, especially like maybe the second half of the season when he was playing a bit more. And he just he, he got in the team again, straight back into it, and he was just scoring goals. And I just yeah. stood out for me. And I was like, oh, yeah. Madison's got some good form. And, and so he didn't do it consistently throughout the whole season, but it still felt like he had his best statistical goals and assists and uh, he I mean, did he have a good eight assists so I don't know whether he's done better than that in a season which he might I, I think he had a really good end to the season like the last three months he looked a good player um, but the thing with James Madison is like when you compare him to like just the players that we'll talk about in a second that me and Georgia picks but also other players like one that I didn't include in the end James Ward-Prowse who is consistently the big player for his team every week. I think Madison needs to make that step to be the game winner for Leicester yeah. rather than being like... Well, he has at times. He has, though. Yeah, at times he has stepped up to be that. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's at times, whereas like the likes of Ward-Prowse, and we're going to talk about Gallagher in a minute, have been consistently massive players for their clubs but this season. So the, just my last point before you guys defend, like you you make your yeah. as well is um like definitely think that just quickly as well that um form has probably given him a platform, I I reckon to move to a bigger club now. Um, I think he needs like, to move like to a bigger club or Tottenham or someone like that. Or, I think I, I think he needs to move to a bigger club, and I think that he would fit in so well into Tottenham's team. Yeah. If you can imagine. Son, Kane and Mora or Kulisewski on the right with James Madison playing as like the the eight slash ten yeah. in behind with Hoybjerg and Bentecourt in behind. Like that's unreal. That. Yeah. And, and I think the last thing I'll just quickly say is like, again, statistically, like Madison as a midfielder um, actually trumps everyone but, everyone but what De Bruyne in terms of that a bit more of a central midfielder, whether it's a defensive attacking or just central, um, he trumps. Yeah, but the thing that that's the thing, like, that's you know that's one element. Um, the but, thing with this though is that you can't like we can't pick just on goals and assists because no, I'm just saying like we can't pick on goals and assists because not every player is going to get goals and assists from central midfield. It's like not every right back and left back gets loads of assists. And that's um, not that only role, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, like in with like you could make the argument, and this I'm not like having a go, but like you could make the argument then that like Robertson by default on statistics should be ahead of Cancelo, but yeah. we've all recognised that Cancelo is a better player. I personally think that George has won this with a great shout from Crystal Palace. I'm going to very quickly do my one. Um, I don't think it's unfair to say that Joel Linton's been a revelation this season for Newcastle. A failed £40 million striker goes into central midfielder and becomes Newcastle's player of the season. And I'm not going to pretend that he's now the best midfielder in the league or anything like that, but scored a few goals this season, scored more goals this season in midfield than he did up front in any other season for Newcastle. And he's been that player they needed to break things up and get stuck in and drive with the ball. Um, I, th I think more than anything, he deserves a, at least a mention because he's been bloody fantastic for Newcastle since Eddie Howe's gone in. Yeah, amazing, really. Like, like, like you said, just echoing what you're saying, like 
failed £40 million striker. He was the joke underneath Steve under, under Steve Bruce. Yeah. Um, but I think it was um, Kieran Trippier that came out, or it might have been another teammate who said, you want him in your five-a-side in training? Yeah. Like, it's, if he's in your team, you don't lose. Run for a just, brick ball for anyone. Yeah, and like, it's almost like Yaya Toure-esque, the way he like runs with the ball. You can't, but I mean, like, <laughs> in the sense that I don't think, when you see him like dribbling past players, like, I don't really see like a lot of players like tackling him. Like he's really yeah, he's, good he's defending them. Dembele, solid. I should say. Dembele-esque. Moves it Dembele. He's solid. Yeah. He's, he's solid. Like he's hard to get off the ball. I, th- I just think like, I wouldn't necessarily say he has to be in this team, but I certainly think he's, ab- I, I'm just saying, I'd have him above Madison just because I think the influence he's had on his team this season has been incredible. And the other one I had that I was really stuck on and I wanted to put in here, but just had to, was James Ward-Prowse. Just because, again, like for Southampton, taking out that Southampton team, I think they're relegated. So, you know, that's me. George, I think you've come up with the best one and someone that I, for some reason, didn't think of. Connor Gallagher, on loan from mm-hmm. Chelsea at Crystal Palace this season. Um Goals, assists, um, like has been the driving force behind Palace's midfield this season. But do you want to give us the main reasons why you picked Conor Gallagher? Yeah, just because he's been consistent for Crystal Palace all season. Um, I'm a fantasy Premier League player and he was in my team all season. Uh, like you said, just contributed goals and assists. It's amazing, really, to think that I think many people will forget that he was in the relegated team of West Brom last season and played as a defensive midfielder. So when Patrick Vieira started playing him as a number 10 or an eight, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think he's got that side of the game in him. But yeah, he's been really good. It'd be interesting to see where he ends up next season, if he's going to go back to Chelsea and break into the team. Um, One player I did just want to give an honourable mention to, um, the same reason James Ward-Prowse you know, if you take him out of Southampton, is uh, Christian Eriksen. Yeah. I think if Eriksen, you know, doesn't go to Brentford, I think Brentford get relegated. Yeah, I totally um, agree. Yeah, Christian Eriksen is weird. Christian Eriksen popped into my mind, like, probably half an hour after I did my team. mm. I was thinking, is there anyone I missed? And yeah, Christian Eriksen popped up. Definitely deserves an honourable mention, like, but also the story that goes with Christian Eriksen as Mm. well, like what through and what he's come back from is is incredible but I think I personally I'm gonna like go with George here and outvote you Alistair I'm afraid like I'm not even gonna vote for Joe Linton because I think that if you compare the seasons that he and Gallagher have had um Conor Gallagher deserves it I think and the fact that he's now in the England squad as well is a reflection of how good a season he's had but I think we've got an incredibly good team here. So I'll read it out. Our final team of the season, the 2021, no, sorry, 21-22. I'm years away there. 21-22, team of the season. Alisson in goal, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Virgil van Dijk, Thiago Silva, Cancelo as a back four, Declan Rice, Conor Gallagher and Kevin De Bruyne in central midfield with Salah, Son and Harry Kane up front it's a very very good team and uh one that i don't don't doubt would win the premier league most weeks especially if they had our honorable mentions on the bench such as robertson bowen kulisevsky joe linton the ward prowse etc so it's uh 
it's incredible. And one other one that I forgot to give an honourable mention to was Wilfred Zaha as well, who I think's had a really good season for Crystal Palace. Um, one final thing to touch on, we forgot to mention it at the start, is to extend our congratulations also to Roma, who won their first ever European trophy this year. Uh, yeah, this season for the European uh, Europe, Europe, what's it called, Europa Conference League. That's all right. Um, dreadful final absolutely dreadful did either of you watch it i didn't watch that one no you got away with one it was awful my wife bless her turned to me part way through and went this is rubbish isn't it i was like <laughs> yeah yeah this is really bad like it was such a it was such a Mourinho final it was like first 20 minutes don't let final get near our goal but at the same time don't try and score because we might concede then last 10 or 15 minutes of the half, let's try and score now. Went 1-0 up in second half. They were like, right, now we defend our box. It was just such a Mourinho final. He suffocated it of any fun football. But fair play to him. Like I still think he's a great manager and he's just proven that he's still on an elite level because mm-hmm. you know you can only beat what's in front of you. They knocked Leicester out. They, they, I've got to remember at one point in this tournament... This is really interesting as well. Real Madrid lost to Sheriff at home in the group stage of the Champions League this season. Uh, Roma went to and lost 6-1 against Bodo Glimt, who are the champions of Norway, and ended up winning their tournament. So you've got to give them credit at, at yeah. you know where it's deserved. So there you go. Fantastic achievement for Roma. Um, gents, we'll be back next week. Obviously, we're going to finish off our 1-11 to kit numbers squad for the Premier League era. So make sure you've got all of your numbers completed, including the toughest ones of number four and number eight, which I'm sure will be extensive debates to be had but this has been the flat back three i am absolutely delighted we've done our team of the season we thank you again for listening to us watching us don't forget to like share subscribe follow us on instagram subscribe on youtube i've been toby wellington been joined by george woodgate turner and alistair birmingham city shirt blackwell (laughs) i have been delighted to have a wonderful evening with these two again we will be back again next week thank you so much for listening and we We'll see you soon.